I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ed Carvajal, and on a weekly basis, we plan to bring you the biggest news and interviews in the world of combat sports. Ed, last week, uh, we had Anthony Taylor on, so we weren't able to wrap up uh, the 2019 MMA year. A lot lot to finish out the year. Yeah, man. I mean, it was a busy uh, end of 2019. I know, like, like, we're kind of used to, like, getting... Japanese MMA, at least the old school fan base like us, but uh, you know, having it having it start to happen here in the states. I mean, not, I'm I'm starting to love it. Uh, I know you watched all the. I watched. I caught Bellator Japan, and then uh, obviously I was at the PFL event here, so I really couldn't stay up for Ryzen. But um, I mean, uh, I know you saw both, so I mean, I I know your boy. I don't see you wearing the sweater, even though your boy won. So. I, I figured maybe you'd want to start off with uh, Bellator Japan. Yeah, no, that was the first event of the uh, to wrap uh, up. The- anyway, before we go, in, I, I, for anyone that's tuning in, we're obviously going to go into UFC 246 because it's UFC 246 uh, fight week. So, um, but yeah, go ahead, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I figure I let all the fanboys this week be the uh, the Connor the Connor clowns. So um, <laughs> uh, I'll I'll save my uh, my sweater for the next. Uh, next Fedor fight uh, when that, when that comes around. But uh, yeah. that brings us to the Bellator card. Uh, pretty exciting night of action. Uh, they're in Japan uh, broadcast at a good time here in the States. So that's always a, a positive. A um, couple things that weren't so surprising to me. Uh, Yamauchi picked up a, a submission win over uh, Darren Crockshank. Yeah. Uh, pretty good matchup for Yamauchi going into this fight. I felt like he had a, a huge advantage on the ground coming off of his submission of uh, Sayed Awad uh, early in his previous Bellator bout. So that's the thing. Yamauchi's just an animal, man. I know uh, yeah. he was lost to Chandler, but uh, yeah, it's Michael Chandler. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and, and he proves down the card here uh, why he's Michael Chandler, but uh, dangerous, dangerous fighter, uh, still really young. So I, I look forward to what happens to him. Um, Lorenz Larkin looked great. Picked up a uh, a nice decision win over uh, Nakamura. Uh, he didn't get the finish, uh, but Nakamura was tough as hell. Took a, took a damn beating for uh, 15 minutes. Yeah, uh, I'm guessing Larkin's pretty much next in line for uh, for Lima. If they if they if things you know we talked about this uh, previously about Bellator's matchmaking a little bit. If if things make sense, then he's probably next in line. Uh, but yeah. You know, Michael Page, Venom Page, MVP picked up a win uh, the next bout, and uh, that's that tends to be more of a money bout if they wanted to do an MVP Lima Lima rematch. So, yeah. pa- you know, Page picks up a, another spectacular knockout against uh, Anzai, uh, former UFC fighter that went two and two in the UFC. Um, so no slouch, uh, former Pancras champion. Uh, you know, not on not on uh, MVP's level, but. Uh, you know, it's it'll be interesting. I'm curious to see what what happens with the with the welterweight division now in Bellator. We just had the tournament. Uh, Lima won the championship, won the belt, and uh, Rory McDonald's now moved on. So, could be interesting to see what we got in 2020 for for that division. Yeah, man. I mean, talking about looking ahead after that event, uh, as far as 2020 goes, I mean, there there was a lot of uh, standouts. Um, you know, uh, I, I caught that, uh, event, uh, that was Saturday night, kind of late Saturday night on the East coast here. 
So it was nice to 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 watch an MMA event live from Japan towards the end of the year. Like I said, considering how long we've been watching stuff, but um, uh, I mean, uh, we're you're joking around about your Fedor sweater. What was your take on uh, the confusion about him talking about being retired and stuff? Well, it sounds to me like it was. I mean, first off, I, I wish, honestly, I I, I kind of think it would have been a perfect time for him to retire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that wasn't the talk going into the fight, so that was kind of threw a little monkey wrench into it when people thought that's what the translation was. Yeah. Um, I, I thought a knockout over Rampage, even an out-of-shape Rampage in Japan, uh, pretty much a flawless victory. I mean, he really didn't get touched. I, I, th- I thought that that would have been a good way to walk away from the sport. Um, the reality is he'll probably hang around, and his last bout will be a, a devastating knockout loss. I mean, that's just... That's just how the sport goes for for everybody that hangs around. So um, I don't want to see that. Uh, but we, we, you know, yeah. Bader Bader could have just as easily been his last fight too before before it was announced that they, they assigned him to a, a three fight deal. So we'll see what happens here. I think the the translation was simply he was basically saying this is my last fight in Japan, um, and it got translated to this is my last my last fight is here in Japan. Basically, so I, I think it was just a, that that's that's the impression that I get um, from what I've seen post fight. But, uh, you know, I'll be interested to see what they do with Fedor. Uh, they talked about. Well, first off, he picked up a, a first round KO win over, over Rampage Jackson. That was the result of, of the fight that night. But um, I'll be curious to see what they do with him. Um, they've talked about having him fight in places that Bellator really hasn't taken him to. That doesn't create there's you know if you add i guess if you just do bellator then there's some cities but when you talk about their uh their range of uh events where they've had it in in the in the past there's not a lot of places i mean he's done the new jersey he's done the the mohegan sun he's done the Connecticut, you know your connecticut mohegan sun yeah. uh, i'm not sure if he was at mohegan sun or, or whatever the other one out there um he's done uh he's done la <clears throat> excuse me um the only one in the United States, I mean, I don't think he did St. Louis. He hasn't done St. Louis, which has been a Bellator stop in the past, although they haven't done it anytime recently. And uh, San Jose, uh, in theory, although he fought there for Strike Force, he um, under Coker, he hasn't. He kind of owes the fans of, of San Jose, I would say, or the, the fans of Northern California, considering that he had the Mitrion bout that was canceled. Yeah, right before. That's, so. that's where automatically where my mind goes when you mention him in San Jose. Would you would you think they they'll ever do him in uh, Barnett? Because that seems to be one people want to see. That's the one I hear I, personally. It's not the fight that I want to see. Uh, I feel like Burnett, Barnett uh, kind of let that ship sail when he tested positive for for steroids, and, mm-hmm. and um, I also think that Barnett is probably a little bit is in a better uh, place physically, and uh, he's a lot bigger than I mean. When we we're talking about Fader, who's obviously wound down from what he was in his prime and yeah. when you, i mean barnett is a huge man um mm-hmm. and i simply just see barnett probably taking you know getting on top of fedor and it being a real tough tough match uh i mean we talked about it with uh with uh, ray robles when yeah. uh, you know it, barnett submitted mm-hmm. uh dean lister who uh is somewhat built like fedor um kind of about the same height kind of that but he i mean he held that a guy down who's a world-class submission artist and um i just i just don't uh i i don't know it just that fight doesn't really get me going too much i'd like to see maybe a rematch with 
I think his last fight, uh, if they do it in Russia with Bigfoot, a rematch would be cool. Yeah, I mean, these fights don't mean anything in the grand scheme of anything. It's simply just a a retirement tour. So, so I don't care if Bigfoot's on a ten fight losing streak. I don't, I don't. None of that means anything at this point to me. It's just putting on a fight for Fedor, um, where it's 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 there's a sh- chance for him to win the fight. Um, Bigfoot obviously is that. Uh, I, I mentioned Gabriel Gonzaga uh, on a, on a forum, and that seems like that might be an interesting fight just because of his history yeah. in the UFC. I can um, see that. You know. Uh, the only thing is, like, like I mean, uh, I feel like because I'm trying to remember Barnett's last fight. If I'm, if memory serves me, it was against uh, what's his name, Muhahaha. What's this guy, Ben Rothwell? Rothwell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Submitted. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he got submitted. And um, I just feel like, I mean, you know, I, I hate to egg, add any fuel to to Fedor, like that's going to make him fight longer than he should. But I mean. He, it, again, it, it seemed like Rampage wasn't really there to win anyway. But um, his combo, his output, Fedor's output is still pretty dangerous. I remember uh, Sonnen commenting to him after after the event uh, that I was at over in, uh, I think that was in uh, Long Island when they when they fought. I'm sorry, no, that was in the Garden when they fought, and um, and he even said, you know, you. Oh no no that was in Long Island. Machida was in the garden. And he and he's like, you know, you hit so hard, you hit so hard, you know. So I feel like I feel like maybe Fedor still has the output for three rounders against a three rounder against the Barnett, but uh as far as for standing, but like you said the size might be a difference if they go to the ground. Barnett's last fight actually he submit or his last fight he submitted um Andre Arlovski. Mm. Um so uh okay. And Arlovsky's another interesting name. I know he's always wanted a rematch with Fedor, and I don't know what his history or future with the UFC is going to be. Obviously, he's on a little bit of a slide right now. He could be somebody who, if he gets released uh, in the earlier part of the year, perhaps that that's the fight that, you know, that that, that fight in Russia makes a lot of sense. You do Fedor Arlovsky, too, in Russia to, oh, to wrap yeah. up his career. Um, the other the other city uh, in the United States would be Hawaii. Mm. Um Fedor would make some maybe some sense in Hawaii if they wanted to do a fight out there with him. So I don't know. It's interesting. I just I, I hope they stay away from the temptation of if he wins his next fight, trying to give him, you know, Ryan Bader again. Or I mean, Chet Congo's another guy who's out there. Yeah. Fight. I mean, it's not the it's not the old school name value that that's going to draw fans. Mark Hunt. Uh, who knows what he's up to these days. Uh, Vanderlei Silva, especially if he gets on a little well, bit of... Uh, I think they're out of the Vanderlei business, though, unless they do it in Ryzen or something. Perhaps, but maybe not, you know. It, it, they want to sell a fight with Vanderlei, or if Vanderlei puts on 30 pounds being outside yeah, but, of the... Yeah, but uh, he's got the he's got a CTE stuff that, that they were... Okay, just, well, there's... Yeah. yeah, I know, but then then that probably eliminates Bigfoot if we're going to get... You know? Oh, yeah, we're not going to see that. I mean, like if, if that happens, it'd be on the Ryzen end of things. I wouldn't see him... I don't. I don't think Bellator would sign off on any of those. I know they they've done some pretty obscure matchups, but I don't think they'd sign. Yeah. Off well, we'll see then. I mean, then that then the, the the pool gets real thin. I mean, yeah. you really start at that point. I guess you get down to Barnett and Gonzaga if you start talking about guys yeah. who are still still there a little bit. Um, I don't know. But anyways, big win for Fedor. Uh, I was happy as can be. Uh, uh, you know, it's a win. Uh, moves on in his career. Gave the Japan uh, fans a, uh, something to uh, remember him on the way out the door. So good for him. That that fight ended. Uh, that moved into uh, Ryzen twenty a couple nights later. Um, that was opinion. like like Sunday morning, 
Like, what was the timing on that? Because I, I completely. It was Monday it. night. Yeah. So it was Monday night uh, here on the on the West Coast. Started at, I think ten p.m., maybe eleven p.m., and then ran. I watched it all the way till uh, I think six a.m. in the morning. So yeah, it was I saw a, all the awesome highlights, but the. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I uh, I was able to get through it based off the fact that it was probably the, uh, you know, obviously I'm I. I I'm a Japan MMA fanboy and stuff, but I, I thought it was the best event of the year. I mean, there wasn't a single boring fight on the entire card. Uh, yeah. when, you, when you start talking that and, and uh, a lot of people uh, who, who have real uh, uh, respected opinions uh, on Twitter and stuff uh, seem to, to kind of go down that route. Now, obviously there were some other good UFC cards, UFC 231, UFC 240, or I'm sorry, 239, 241. There was a couple of really good, uh, events uh so it just comes down to it but i'd say from top to bottom for action uh it was loaded i mean it had the uh the uh lightweight grand prix uh pitbull advanced mm-hmm. soccer kick finish over luis gustavo in a, in a in about a minute actually not even a minute 28 seconds uh musayev uh pulled off the uh win over johnny case so that set up a a, a fireworks uh final uh later that night in which uh musayev uh, picked up the win, uh, really an upset, uh, over, over Patricky Pitbull, uh, by decision, uh, great back and forth fight. Uh, you know, both dudes got early first round knockouts in the first fight and then, and then put on a show for the final, uh, can't really, I mean, great. That is great. Uh, uh, so outside of the tournament there, uh, Bellator contender, uh, Patrick Mix picked yeah, up another, man. another sub- a submission win over, uh, Yuki Montoya. Uh, surprise. Patrick Mix, I think he's going to be something in 2020. Like, it'll be interesting to see what what happens with him. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you, I think he moves to about 20 and 0 or so, uh, yeah. if you add in his uh, his amateur record, or it might even be better than that. So, uh, you know, that just tells the story right there. When you have a record like that, and, you, and, you, and you've started to face the competition now, uh, and you're finishing the competition as easily as he is, that's uh, that's a pretty good sign. Um, so we'll see what happens with him. I do feel like he somehow falls in the mix though, for the, uh, for the bantamweight title there in Bellator. Once they, uh, once they kind of figure out their game plan now that Horaguchi gave up the belt. So, yeah, I feel like they could have done so, so much more to make, make that whole situation interesting. You know, Sakaki Barra talked about turning a negative into a positive. And for me, and I'm pretty sure you agree, the positive could have been a tournament, you know, to the challenger, you know, as far as for the both belts and, mix up Ryzen and, and Bellator, but I mean, I guess that there's more business behind closed doors than that needs to be taken care of for something like that to happen. Yeah. And you know, who knows? Uh, we'll see what, what, I mean, again, we start talking 2020, that could be mm-hmm. on, on the horizon now. I mean, it makes sense. Uh, even if you just do a four man tournament, you, you start to set up a couple brackets just to figure out who, who's going to be the, the title holder there. But, um, you know, the, uh, the light heavyweight champ of uh, Ryzen, uh, Yuri Prokazka, Prohaska. I always have a hard time with his last name. Uh, <laughs> he he was having a little trouble early with Stevie Dalloway and then landed a, uh, as Michael Chavello would have said, the big kibosh, uh, put down Dalloway hard uh, on, on the ground with a left hook. So, uh, and, and I mean, that was only a minute into the fight, but for the first, uh, Dalloway was landing some leg kicks and, uh, it looked like he had a good game plan. And then, I mean, obviously it only lasted a minute and 15 seconds, but his lights were put out pretty good. Um, 
Reina Cabuto. Uh, and Van, Lindsay Van Zandt. That was Lindsay one of that rematch from your that, neck of the woods. Yeah, that was one I definitely like. I wrote a lot about that. Their history from from when she they fought each other the first time here in the Garden to to uh, that. You know, they I think at my MMA News uh, interviewed her, not me. Someone else did, but I definitely uh, covered a lot of uh, their rivalry and uh, so they're one and one against each other. Yeah, I mean, uh, Reyna looked like she she had picked up a lot, uh, had good takedown defense, uh, actually controlled much of the fight from the top position, which was a bit unexpected. Uh, I think perhaps we saw the difference in a little bit uh, between the cage and, the, and a ring. Uh, you, you know, strikers generally are, are favored in the ring situation, so mm-hmm. uh, that held true in this fight. Um, so that was uh, that was that was a fun fight. Um, the uh, one of the fight of the nights was for the female atom weight championship. Uh, Sohi Ham uh, fought uh, the champ Ayaka Hamasaki. Uh, Hamasaki is was basically the number one atom weight in the world, former uh, Invicta champion. Uh, really, you know, was was nineteen and two coming into the fight, and uh, Ham, who uh, had, fought, had some tough luck in the UFC. Uh, came in and uh, they put on a hell of a show. Beat the, I mean, beat the snot out of each other. I don't know if you saw pictures of that fight. Mm-hmm. That was a, uh, that was a, a female MMA bloodbath. <clears throat> and uh, and Ham picked up the split decision in Japan over the Japanese fighter, uh, Ham being Korean. So uh, little little, you know, I thought she won the fight clearly. Uh, hell of a fight. Uh, but uh, I definitely could see a rematch down the down the road for those two. Uh, I think probably we're talking. It, definitely two of the top, uh, you know, at, at worst, probably three or four uh, atom weights in the entire world. Uh, then, you know, we got our, our New Year's Eve tension uh, <laughs> showcase. Yeah. Uh, last year it was uh, Mayweather uh, putting him down about five times in 30 seconds or whatever the heck it was. A lot of tears and, and such, but uh, that wasn't the case this year. Uh 246 into round three, took down uh, Ibate. Uh, Ibate came into this fight a pretty respected champion and and got got just slaughtered. Um, wheel kicks, just just mayhem. Uh, a typical tension fight. Dropped him a few times, uh, and until the referee had to stop the fight. But uh, you know, if you're in Japan on New Year's Eve, it was what you wanted to see. That's for sure. Yeah, man, definitely. I mean, so I hope that tradition continues. I mean, uh, here in the U.S., uh, you know, I, I was at the PFL event uh, in New York City. You know, New York City, all the eyes are on, you know, especially with TV and stuff. Everybody's uh, makes a big deal about New York because of the East Coast timing and how it hits midnight first and all that. So I was at the PFL event. Here's my my PFL pen. They gave it to the, <laughs> to the folks working. Uh, there's actually the the post uh, we we did a scrum with Rory McDonald, so that's actually on this YouTube channel. Anybody watching or watching this after the fact wants to check it out. You can see him comment on his uh, signing with the PFL for this year and like reasons behind it. Uh, and um, you know he was present at the event, had his wife there. He was yeah he actually ate pretty good that night because we all ate together after that little scrum. And uh, I I joked around with him about uh, you know might as well get that weight on now because. You know, uh, doing a, a season-long MMA camp is is uh, probably hard to to stay within your eight pounds or whatever you have to be, depending on where you fight. 
um, you know, come come your multiple fight weeks if you make it the whole season. So, but um, I mean, uh, uh, it's my third time doing that in the garden. You know, I, I did it the first time when they did the World Series of Fighting, and then obviously the last two pro pro PFL events. They usually do the season opener there in May June for the 2020 season. So I'm hoping they keep following that that schedule, and I'll try to get in on the the jump start of 2020. But um, I mean uh, the one of their highest rated events. People, so this is why we're talking about like you know rising in Japan, how big deal it is. I uh, I think it can catch on in the U.S. because I mean people sitting around waiting for a clock to hit midnight. You know, maybe not everyone's going to a party or doing something crazy and spending money or or going out to the to Times Square to get their pockets picked. But uh, you know what I mean? Like 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 they they when they did it for World Series of Fighting and this last one was probably one of their highest rated events. I know Jedi Goldman, who always puts out random stats on Twitter, tweeted that out in comparison to like all their other uh, events that they put on. So, I mean, I think, I think people, whether they're casual or regular hardcore fight fans or not, would like to tune into something like that on New Year's Eve. And I, not for nothing, I actually like doing it. My family enjoys that I go to do it. They rather I go do that than, than hang around with them in the house and watching the goddamn ball drop. Cause it's freezing outside. You know what else? What else are you gonna do? But unless you, unless you're drunk out of your mind in Times Square, like most of the people were there. But I mean, it, it was a great event. Uh, it's a great event to have. This particular one, I mean, was mostly decisions. Uh, there was like only two finishes on the card. Uh, I already forget the guy's name, the Argentinian guy, um, and then um, Ray Cooper obviously got his uh, knockout. Uh, Lance Palmer, two uh, multimillionaire <laughs> again. Natan Schultz again won. Uh, so I, I don't know if they're going to turn around and come back, invest into in the promotion themselves and try to, you know, be something more in it. But, I mean, that stuff usually comes out around February, March when they start their recruiting process. But uh, it's definitely um, – I mean, it's it was nice to see. It wasn't the most action-packed event. We actually got out of there later than planned. But, I mean, I still made it home on the last train. So I was I was happy with it. What uh, The event ended, uh, what, about 11.15 or so your time? 11:15 p.m. Uh, uh yeah, when, when close, the final round almost to yeah, almost close to 11:30. Um I mean if you see when the post fight press conference that videos on this channel too, they do the it starts with the countdown to the new to the New Year's Eve, you know, happy new year and uh they they handed out champagne. It was pretty cool. Are so, you now you go do media after that. So when you leave there, are you is it just chaos? I mean when you're I mean well, somebody it, who hasn't been there on New Year's, when I watch on TV, obviously there's millions of people there. Are you able yeah. to get get on a bus or train, and or do you walk outside and is it is it sardines? So the <laughs> so it's sardines on the train, but depending on when you get get out of there. Like last year, we got out with almost time to spare before the uh, midnight even hit. So uh, and it it was a ghost town because everyone was rushing towards Times Square, but uh, getting out afterwards when i did everyone was already like okay now we all have to get home and make our way home and i was a packed sardine on the train and that smelled like you know bad breath and vomit and everyone was breaking up with everyone and it was just horrible and dudes get trying to get hard with their girlfriends only to cry five minutes later like don't leave me uh police stopping them you know kicking them off the train i was fine it's it's i'll tell you what it's difficult on new year's eve to be around all that and be the only sober person 
in a train full of drunks. <laughs> but other than that, I mean, you know, it is what it is. But that's how we close out the year, man. And I think 2020 is going to be a big year. Um, I know we had uh, Anthony Taylor on last last week, and uh, we talked to him about Bellator's first MMA event, which is next weekend. And I know you're going to be at everything coming up, man. We got UFC 246. Everybody's all hyped all aboard the Conor McGregor train. So I guess we should uh, start looking ahead at what's 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 coming up. Yeah, no, I'm uh, contemplating heading out Thursday night instead of Friday. But uh, yeah, I, I kind of question myself a little bit when I, when I go to a McGregor fight. Uh, I mean, it's fun to watch the fights, but uh, my God, his fan base can be a, uh, a damn headache. I, I, I met some cool fans though that are that are Connor fans, especially from Ireland and stuff over the over the years. But uh, God, it, it'll it'll be interesting. All the fights I've been to, he's won, so it'll it'll. Curious to see uh, how it goes down uh, if he loses. Um, oh yeah, man! I I expect you to like like periscope it or something. Yeah, no, that that'll be interesting. But yeah, so I mean, it, it ain't the greatest card we've ever seen. Uh, I don't think there's any try to no reason to try to, to beat around the bush on that. Uh, this is the Conor McGregor era of his fights. I don't think he wants to share pay per view points with anybody. Uh, he ain't putting anybody else on the card that has any uh super value uh other than the, his opponent uh and I, and I just think that that's how he's going to he's going to work the thing um and it, it's which is fine if he comes out puts on a show and 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 Cerrone comes out puts on a show uh I still have the that fear in the back of my mind knowing that the UFC is never prepared properly for a backup plan uh <laughs> if one of these guys something happens to one of these guys in the next uh you know, 96 hours or whatever the heck we're at. Um, because yeah, did you see it, people were like all concerned that Cerrone was limping like in one of the embedded videos or something like that? Yeah, but it doesn't he always kind of have, doesn't he always kind of have a... Well, that's what I said. I mean, yeah. Nolan, Nolan, uh, Nolan King, uh, who's been on the podcast in the past, pointed it out earlier on Twitter today. He, he works for MMA Junkie now. And uh, he said that, you know, like, yeah, but it's, it's, you know, it's probably just soreness from working out or whatever. And uh, I chimed in and I was like, you know, that's isn't he a cowboy? Like, don't all cowboys walk with a with a limp or like? Yeah, the... uh, you know, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not worried about that. I don't think uh, he's it, the only thing that stops him from showing up is if he ends up with some kind of mass sickness or he's not cutting weight. So there's that no excuse. I mean, he trips over, you know, I mean, uh, he's he's fought like like the day after his grandmother passed away. Yeah. It, it it would take a lot for him not to fight. I don't think we have to worry. And not for nothing. I mean, I know we like to bust on Connor a lot, but he's not somebody that pulls out either. So, no. And I think that uh, I think that that's the reason they'll never say it. But I think that that's the reason they're not having these guys cut weight. Hmm. Is that they they knew that this card was going to be shallow as hell, and we're not going to. Ha- why have these guys cut weight and then legitimately risk the chance? of, of having it drop out. Mm. Uh, I mean, this is MMA. We could still have something happen. I mean, there's car accidents. There's, you know, I mean, you know, whatever God, that God was from that's one that, that made just, Tony Ferguson break his knee or whatever. Yeah. No, that's, that's what I mean. There's, there, there's craziness. So when you, when you, when you're selling a, a card based off one fight, it's the gamble you always take. And, and mm-hmm. obviously this is two guys who always show up to fight. So that's, that's not the fear so much, but, but I always, you know, anything can happen. And, um, 
you know, if something were to have happen, were to happen for me, uh, you know, it's not the end of the world. I'm coming from California, but I just can't imagine flying from like Ireland or something and getting that or New Jersey or New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. Flying across country. I mean, yeah. you know, so, but that no more negative talk on that. Let's, uh, Let's start so, breaking down the main card here, and uh, shall, we, shall we start from uh, the bottom, or you want us to do the? No, main let's event let's work? work let's work our way up. Let's uh, let's start with the opening bout of the pay per view: Anthony Pettis versus Diego Fajeda. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Pettis comes into this bout uh, twenty-two and nine, uh, coming off of a uh, loss to uh, Nate Diaz. Right, that was his last. Uh, last bout uh and, and fajeda has been on a nice little win streak here uh gosh this fight to me is really kind of a toss-up uh pettis's mm. last few fights have been at 170 and now he's cutting back down to 155 so i'm not sure if that's a positive or i mean it could be a positive that he hasn't cut weight in the last year and a half or so so mm. maybe his body's a little bit more rejuvenated and it'll be easier for him yeah uh fajeda's been on a nice little win streak as i say i i, I want to go with pettis um being the old school fan um but part of me thinks i think fajeda might pull off a decision victory here uh in, in a good fight uh i could see pettis coming out early and winning the, the first round and then maybe fading a little bit um hmm. I, I just i you know all these guys hit their peaks and then they start working their way downhill and uh i i i don't know if this is the fight for pettis but um it wouldn't surprise me, so I'm going to go with Fajeda by decision mm-hmm. in a really, really close fight. Well, I'm I'm actually uh, I so I don't always think, which is I mean I know we're going to get into it when we get to the main event, but sometimes losses can can motivate these guys, and and to, Pettis strikes me as one of those guys. So I feel like you know because uh, because he knows that 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 chatters around about him. You know, maybe not at his peak anymore, or what what have you. I think that's one of those things that uh that makes him probably train harder, which is probably why he's doing this at the weight class that he's doing it in. And um, I personally think uh, I honestly do think that um that Pettis can pull it off. You know what I mean? I think Pettis. I think Pettis can. Maybe he's not finishing the guy, but I think he can win by uh decision. So that's what my opinion is. That's a uh, Paul Sabadekataka, whatever that is, he says <laughs> the thing positive. I agree with him. All right, Paul, I'll, I'll work. I'll work on that. I've uh, I've just uh, I've been a part of too many cancellations, but uh, but yeah, I don't think that's going to be the true. case here. Um, when you've seen what Matt, I've Matt, seen. Matt has, Matt has really good reason. You know, I'm usually the first one he's messaging when showing me signs on doors and stuff like this. You can't. You got to be kidding me. <laughs> so, no? but uh, but yeah, I mean. Uh, I put my money out there, so I'm going to the fight. So uh, obviously, I hope everything holds up. But uh, but moving up the card, uh, female MMA fight that I'm uh, I'm looking forward to, um, as well as looking forward to the weigh-ins on this one: Claudia Gadelia versus Alexa Grasso. Yeah, um, good fight. Uh, kind of the the you know Claudia's not old, but she's kind of the uh, the old uh, wave that kind of started this division. Uh, play, fighting Grasso, who uh, who was a big time contender in Invicta, had a little bit of ups and downs in the UFC, coming off a tough decision loss to Carla Esparza. Um, actually, I think she picked up a uh, she 
Yeah, that was her. La- that was her last fight. She beat Carolina Kovačević in the fight before that. That's what the two I'm crossing up. But um, I think Claudia is going to be too much. I think she'll use her wrestling. Uh, she had a nice win over Random Marcos in, in her previous bout. Uh, that uh, where she where she looked good. She had changed up her camp, changed up a bunch of stuff. So I'll, I'll go with Gadelia. I, I think she backtracks a little bit to her wrestling. I don't think Ross the, the the girl mm-hmm. she wants to stand and, and bang with. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll go Claudia. Uh, I hate to, to say we have start having a lot of decisions on this card. Uh, so I'll, I'll give her rear naked choke finish late in the third round. You know, it's funny that you say that because I have my notes in front of me. You know, I did my little preview because I have to do the, I we do our uh, our staff picks at MMA News and SureDog.com. And uh, as I was doing my research and background on stuff to start writing those pieces, at least my parts of them anyway, um, that's the thing you just said about decisions. That's actually what I kind of see happening too. Um, as far as uh, and and just to piggyback on what you said, uh, I'm I'm with you on that. On this particular fight, I think it's uh, I think Adela pulls off a de- decision only be- not only because not so much that she's she might be getting. Uh, burnt out or whatever you 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 might think she's doing. Um, I, I know that's not what you said, but um, I I just feel like folks folks are probably counting her out just because she's been around. But the last time, the last few times I saw her fight, I mean, she actually kind of commented on it like she's actually trying to try new things to evolve for herself as a martial artist. So that's the only reason. I mean, she's super athletic. She's still very powerful for her weight class. Obviously, we know she's got the uh, the edge uh, when it comes to grappling and stuff like that. So I don't blame her for if she wants to to do that again and pull off a decision. Um, you know, fans might not like it. Obviously, I mean, as me, I, I like people going for a finish, but you know, I I actually see Gadella winning also by a decision. That brings us to forty three year old Alexi Olianek mm-hmm. versus the crochet master Maurice Green. Uh, <laughs> I only mentioned forty-three year old man. <laughs> I only I only mentioned that uh, because I see all the hacks on Twitter who bash Bellator for having old fighters, um, and then <laughs> and then and then UFC puts a. I love Olenek. Let me get that out of the way. I, I'm a huge fan. Been watching him fight for decade and a half, but mm-hmm. um, but he is forty-three years old, um, with what seventy or eighty fights, something like that, under his belt. I mean, the dude's the dude's a legend in the mm-hmm. uh, worldwide MMA scene, but. Uh, God, that brings me to the decision for this fight. I'm going to go, despite not wanting to see it, I'm going to go with Maurice Green by knockout. Um, I think Olianek will fish for a submission, uh, not get it and take some punches on the ground. Uh, that'll that'll leave a moozy. Um, I feel like, some, not you know, I'm not comparing Maurice Green to Alistair Overeem, but I kind of see the same kind of uh, thing going. I, I think Green mm-hmm. will use his reach and his height to... Uh, to, to land some stuff on Olianek and I, I just, I, I, I don't know. I, I think Olianek uh, is a, uh, is at the end of his run and perhaps would be somebody who would be a contender to fight Fedor um, even in Bellator to help wrap up their careers. I mean, uh, in, in Russia, I mean, you start talking about stuff like that. So I, I, I'd love to see Olianek pull off another crazy submission win, but I'll go with the younger fighter, uh, Murray screen by a TKO finish. Yeah, man. Once again, uh, you and I are in agreement uh, for this, not for nothing, for the same reasons. I mean, uh, uh, as much as I like to defend the old fellows, 
being one myself. I, uh, you know what I, uh, I got my doctor told me my cholesterol was high today. That's so I'm, I'm up there, but, uh, yeah, man. I mean, I, uh, I definitely, as much as I, I, I mean, everyone knows Ole Nick for that, um, you know, the, 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 uh, no gi Ezekiel choke and, uh, he's pulled it off a couple of times, which is fantastic. Um, he might have an edge in submission and stuff like that, but this, this is definitely a young man's game. And, and, you know, when you're his age against uh, someone like Green that, that obviously knows they got more time in the sport and probably wants to achieve, you know, the experience and numbers and, you know, title contention and stuff that Olenek's probably already been through, if not here in, you know, other promotions or whatever, then um, you, you, you got to go with the younger man. So uh, I, uh, I got Green by TKO or, or Decision. That brings us to the uh, labeled co-main event of the night. Uh, probably one of the fights that doesn't really interest me much. Maybe perhaps because I was at uh, the previous fight, UFC uh, 184, uh, when when these two first fought. Holly Holm, Raquel Pennington, uh, Holm coming off the knockout loss uh, in, in the title fight to Amanda Nunes. Pennington coming off of a uh, decision win over Irina Aldana. Uh I'll go with, uh, geez, I'll go with Holly Holm, <clears throat> heavier punches, heavier kicks. Uh, I'm not sure where Pennington's heart is. And I mean, she's coming off a win. I, I, I keep envisioning her, uh, her two, uh, losses to Nunez and Durandi me, which obviously is, is top of the food chain in the, in the in upper weight class. So yeah. I don't know. I'll just go with Holly Holm. I don't really have a lot to say about this fight. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I, it, I don't really understand the rematch. It's not one that anybody really wanted to see. Um, I yeah. think they just wanted to get Holly Holm on a card uh, to add a little bit of name value uh, uh, to it, to this, to this card and, and Pennington. Uh, I'm sure Pennington wanted the rematch. Uh, a lot of people thought she won the first fight. So yeah, uh, I'll go with home by uh, decision and, uh, in a use the bathroom and, and grab a beer and nachos before. I <laughs> well, <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I mean, I know that's why you like to go as a fan and not, not as media because you, you, you get to do things like that. Uh, I might, I mean, I might start just wearing an adult diaper when I do media, but, uh, <laughs> depending, depending on, on the card, obviously. However, um, this card, UFC 246, um, man. So a lot of what you said, I mean, I I do agree with it. Um, however, I I think uh, you know, it's funny you you brought up the the whole co-main event thing. When I started, I wrote a five fights to watch for MMAnews.com, and one of the fights that I mentioned was this one. Um, but when I started writing it, I think I had to like erase it and write something else. Because I started it with, man, the UFC loves Holly Holm because <laughs> they keep putting her, you know, like you said, on these on these featured bouts and and um, and like you said, uh, you don't know if anyone was really looking for this fight, but I think um, I think time in the sport as the sport evolves and changes and stuff, I think it says a lot about how where fighters were when they fought, especially like when you when you know when they fought one time versus another, and I, I think it comes down to especially when you look at. When you look at fighters like Holly Holm, like Ronda Rousey, um, a lot of uh, the the one-trick pony fighters, and by that I mean the fighters that are master in one part of of all the disciplines that make mixed martial arts. So striking is her game, but um, she's obviously been exposed 
you know, if, if somebody gets a hold of her that's a better grappler, you know, they, they, they can get the best of her or, or, or nullify her her striking or what have you, you know? So um like Cyborg did it with pressure. Uh um and obviously uh you know when she got submitted and stuff like that. So um so I don't know if Pennington has the other tools to to counter uh Holmes' use of range and stuff like that and footwork, but um I for some reason I just feel like uh Pennington can pull off the decision. So this is one that you and I are also I'm noting it so we could break each other's balls next week about it. But uh this is another one that uh that uh, I'm actually going with Pennington, so we disagree on that one. Yeah, quick note on on something I mentioned. Uh, she's coming off a win over Aldana. Mm-hmm. Um, not to continually be negative, but <laughs> did you did you see that Aldana dropped in the rankings after beating the number two ranked bantamweight uh, in her by that devastating knockout she had at 245? She she actually dropped in the ranking after beating Caitlin Vieira. No, I didn't see that. I mean, uh, uh, you know, the rankings have been me- meaning less and less these days. So I haven't really been paying them any mind. Um, no, I mean, some people moved around and stuff. Yeah, and obviously, yeah. the rankings are a joke. Uh, no, yeah. Meaningless is is gives is under <laughs> underscore doesn't even give it enough credence. They're they're beyond <laughs> ridiculous. I just couldn't believe that. Uh, that, real, real that quick, you, uh, Paul that, agrees with you. It's an intermission for uh, there, there you go, Paul. <laughs> and so does Subspace Tyrant. I'm gonna go make some ramen. That's a good one. (laughs) I like it. I like it. So uh, yeah, I mean that's that's kind of where we're at with that. But I just thought that was an interesting little note. Uh, Somehow Aldana, ranked number ten, drops to like eleven or twelve after beating the number two ranked fighter by by knockout. So uh, just throwing that out there uh, when when, if people think the rankings mean anything. (laughs) <laughs> bringing us to a fight where the rankings don't mean anything uh, main... <laughs> the main event yeah, yeah. Uh, Conor McGregor makes his return uh, to the UFC uh, in his first bout since uh, November of 2016 to face Cowboy Cerrone oh man uh, would have liked this fight a lot better about 18 months ago um you and a lot of other people, man. Yeah, it's still a fun fight. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dog it. it it'll be fun to watch. Um, I really don't have any idea how it's gonna go. Uh, my brain tells me that uh, Cerrone won't fight smart, and he'll go in there and try to, uh, you know, turn it into a rock'em sock'em robot and get blasted mm. by a counter left hand. Um, if he fights smart and uh, which he's very capable of, if he, if he goes for takedowns and works takedowns and uh, maybe works some clinch game and tries to use his uh, possible size advantage, it'll be interesting to see when they're, when they square off uh, at fully hydrated, you know, with no cut, what the difference is. Um, I think he can take down Connor. I think he can submit him. I think he owns him on the ground uh, from the top or the bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just watching this sport too many times. I've seen guys like Damian Maya decide to kickbox. I've seen, you know what I mean? Uh, so, and that's not, and this is just a case where I feel like you got the, the beer drinker versus the whiskey drinker and, and they're going to square up in a phone booth and uh, it's going to be the first to hit the ground. And uh, I don't think that ends well for C- Cerrone. So uh, despite thinking that there's more 
more possibilities of ways for Cerrone to win. I think McGregor probably catches him uh, when they end up with a, with a battle of uh, who, who's the tougher dude in the middle of the octagon. Yeah. I mean, did you watch, uh, you know, everyone watched the Connor interview with Ariel Hawani. I don't know how many people saw Brett Akimoto's interview with uh, Cowboy Cerrone. Um, he actually said some things that you just mentioned that concerned me. Cause he, see, the thing is, with all the media these guys get leading up to a fight, you never know what, what they're saying versus what they're going to actually do as part of their whole trickery and gamesmanship before that gate closes and the, and the, you know, the first round starts. But Cerrone kind of alluded to wanting to test the just striking with Connor. Um, Akimoto had said to Cerrone, you know, that, you know, you're, you're a slow starter and he, and uh, Cerrone agreed with him. Um, so that, those things I think work in Connor's favor. Um, I think maybe being out of out of action will work against him. And as far as the ground game goes, I honestly do believe that uh, it's it's all Cerrone. You know, they asked him about the Mike Perry fight, and uh, Cerrone said he didn't even bother to uh, defend. <clears throat> excuse me, defend the takedown because uh, um, he was comfortable. You know, he he felt confident knowing he could submit. Mike Perry on the ground. So um, I'm just going to, uh, I'm honestly just, uh, I see, I'm concerned for, for what, like you said, if he tries to strike with him, but I, I feel like that could be a little bit of, you know, just some, a ruse on his part. And I, I do see Cerrone taking him to the ground, even if he does a slow start. However, I, I, I see Cerrone winning by submission. I don't understand why McGregor's the favorite in this fight. I think they're just holding on to Cerrone's last two losses. I mean, these both these guys are coming off a loss, so I don't see why that makes Connor the favorite and Cerrone. You know, maybe because Cerrone's a little older. I I, I really don't know where the logic is, is coming from. I feel like Cerrone has reach. He's he's uh, Chael Sonnen said he's got more ways to win. You know, than McGregor does. Um, I know people are talking about. Uh, uh, or people are trying to make a, I mean, of course your coaches and your training pe- partners are going to say, Oh yeah, you're great. You know, you're doing well in the gym as far as grappling, you know, the, they're there to build you up and help you, you know, train They're Of course they're going to talk, speak highly of you, but it's, it's not for nothing. It's not their opinion that counts. It, it's your opponent and uh, the three judges that are going to be watching on come fight night. So I, I, I don't see, uh, I don't see McGregor unless McGregor gets an early knock, you know, like, puts him on his ass maybe three times and 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 one of your favorite referees refs the the bout uh <laughs> god i didn't even i didn't even think about that yeah and then then it gets it stopped or something but uh i'm going with uh i'm going with Cerrone by submission probably in the championship rounds um i think uh, just to jump in real quick i think the um the betting odds i mean i, I think mcgregor is rightfully a a favorite um uh but not to the extreme it is uh, where he's like a three to one favorite. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that the the odds are essentially based off where the money's going to come in. Yeah. And if you're going to have a ton of Irish fans coming into town and the one year or the, you know, the three year now MMA fans who uh, only know Conor McGregor, those are going to be, they're going to be throwing money on him. Vegas wants him to be the favorite. Mm. Um, yeah, you know what I mean. They don't. They don't want. They're not going to make McGregor the underdog, knowing a ton of cash is coming in on him. That's and then, true. And I then mean, have to pay out, pay yeah. out crazy if he gets the win. So, uh, you know, I think it's a lot closer, as you say, than than what the odds are, especially. Um, 
I, uh, you know, McGregor I, got whooped I, by Khabib, but he he served, he lasted four rounds. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I it, that's what yeah, I mean. He got so, dragged four rounds too. He man. got dragged four rounds. <laughs> Cerrone's not going to drag him like that. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, he's going to be able to get up against Cerrone if Cerrone doesn't catch him in something in the transition. You know, and that's I think I think Cerrone is a much more dangerous submission fighter than Khabib as far as um, his toolbox. Uh, you know, Khabib grabs you around the neck and squeezes the, the living hell out of you. Uh, Cerrone, I think triangles become. Uh, open. I think he. Uh, although I can't recall him ever using new much leg locks. I think that I think that everything is more available uh, to Cerrone um, in the transitions as opposed to Khabib. Maybe always going to make sure he, he maintains control. I think Cerrone would risk uh, losing position uh, in order to try to slap on a triangle or an, or an armbar or, or uh, you know yeah, what, whatever the heck comes then- about. And I, that's what I got from that interview with Akimoto too. Is looks like he doesn't mind if you know, you know, he actually kind of teased like you know maybe Connor will go for a takedown, which it looks like he doesn't mind. So um, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, it looks like one of our viewers has a has a prediction. Cowboy, my boy, subspace tyrant. Yeah, I mean that's where I'm going with Cowboy. So, I'd love to see it. It would make my day to see Cowboy get a win, uh, maybe even retire off a win. Um, and uh, and and see the reaction of, of the fans if if Connor loses. So um, it, it'll be interesting. Uh, I hope that I hope uh, we already had one fight on the prelims drop out earlier today. Um, oh, the Drew Dober. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So hopefully that's the last of, of that. Um, and, and the main card especially holds together. Hopefully <laughs> the weather's nice in Vegas. Oh yeah, you're you're going to be there for this, right? Yep. Yeah. So, uh, hopefully my drive goes well and, uh, hopefully, uh, my phone holds up and I get some good Wi-Fi and get a bunch of pictures posted. And, uh, and I guess that brings us to the end here where, uh, fans can follow us at combat hour on Twitter, coast to coast combat hour on Instagram, follow myself at MMA Hawk 21 on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow Ed at Carbazal on Twitter and Carbeerzal on Instagram. Uh, I'll keep you updated on the weekend's festivities um, and then uh, get back into town and start gearing up for uh, the big Bellator cyborg butt event uh, the following week. So uh, after a little bit of a slow uh, three week period, two and a half week period mm-hmm. here, we're, uh, we're firing away with, uh, with some, some fun, fun, exciting fights. Yeah. Coming in strong for 2020. All right, man. Well, you have fun. All right. Take it easy, man. Hey guys, Ed here, East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, uh, the support links are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions and some the links are also provided on our YouTube channel, The Blogboard Jungle. Um, thanks again for listening. And if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout out on the podcast, maybe... Uh, bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.